For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Bedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I preview the Chiefs' Sunday night game against the Ravens and break down their exciting win against the Browns. Joe, for that Browns game, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, you know you're never out of a game. We learned that against the Texans in the playoffs uh, the year they won the Super Bowl and then later against the Niners during that same playoff run. But, Joe, this is one I really thought the Chiefs were done. Uh, the Browns were moving it well. We're up 22-10 at halftime. And honestly, if I had known that both Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew would miss a game, I might have picked the Browns from the get-go to win this game. Jeff, that's a really great point. And speaking of picking, speaking of Jeff Fadoten <laughs> and picking, buddy, I don't think you really could have come any closer to the score. I mean, I know I think if my memory serves me 31-28, I think you said, and that's you're right there. Come on, within you're within spitting distance of, of that. So you nailed it. You you called it. Um I too bad I, my play action pool picks were very yeah. far <laughs> from that. Yeah. Exactly yeah. that was I'm in the 80th place, which we'll get to, but go ahead. Okay. No, I, was I think I think I think I'm gonna I'm not gonna brag, but I think I might be tied for eighth, but that's okay. We'll see nice. we'll, we'll, nice. we'll see how this week goes. But um you know Jeff, I, I, I gotta say I don't know if not having Frank Clark would have tipped the scales for me. I, I didn't think Tyran Matthew was playing. I just every my gut was telling me based on Andy's body language and like the things that were coming out in the media, I just had a real sneaky suspicion that he was not playing. And we talked about that, right? We talked about, and, and I think we call it that, right? That, that the, the chiefs for, I think something like, um, I don't know how many plays I, I looked it up. There's a statistic out there and how many plays they were in a four, three, because they had that. Remember we talked about that, that, that without Tehran, they were going to go in like what is a more traditional 4-3 defense, especially mm-hmm. given the fact that the Browns have a fantastic running game with Chubb and Kareem Hunt, right? So you got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and it's just like it wasn't the defense for them. Like I don't know what, what, what it was about having a bigger linebacker in there and not having Tyran in there, but gosh, I mean, you know, their 4-2-5 is more like a nickel package with a big, strong safety like Matthew, but – like, gosh, I, I was I was really surprised that they weren't as effective against the run in their base four three with the extra linebacker in right. there. That should be more effective. Yeah. That's, that's you would think. You would think. I, I guess maybe it's just the scheme that Steve Spagnola puts forth with the four two five that he's able to be more flexible maybe with where he puts Tyran and how he roams him about the field and makes him all like what we used to call back when I was a kid, we called it the Rover back, right? Like somebody you can just plug the hole with wherever you want him. And, and I was, um, 
but back to your original comment, I, I don't know if, if, if just Frank Clark not playing was going to tip the scale. I think I still would have picked the Chiefs to win. I don't know if I would have gone that dramatic, but I definitely, um, when I saw that he wasn't playing, I got a little pit in my stomach, you know? And, and what was your thought? 22 to 10 at halftime, and the Browns are playing really well. I've not seen Baker Mayfield play that well. I know he had the, the – uh, was kind of a, a, a dumb throw at the end that really sealed the game, the Mike Hughes yeah. interception. But I haven't seen him that sharp, and just with the way they were running the ball, did you think that the Chiefs were going to lose that game at, at halftime? I have to be honest. Yes, I did. Yeah. I, as much as as much as Mahomes' magic is there, and we saw it, we saw every ounce of Mahomes' magic in this game. We saw the magic of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy's playbook on offense. I mean, that that alone, you know, was was giving me a little bit of hope, a ray of hope. But I have to be honest. I just I felt like, you know, at at twenty two to ten, coming out of halftime, I'm like, man, if if the Browns just keep running the ball, even with two-thirds of the effectiveness that they had in the first half, it was going to be a really long day for the Chiefs, or long second half, I should say. But in Chiefs fashion, you just all you got to do is look at the box score and see the 10 and 13 points that they scored in the third and fourth quarter, respectively. And it's like, that's the Chiefs, right? It's the slow start and the quick finish. It's unbelievable. It's it's becoming a pattern. And, and Jeff – one that we have talked about a lot that we don't really like, right? <laughs> you and I don't like that. We want, I want it to be the reverse. I wanted that game to be, you know, 23 to 22. Let's, let's, let's give the Browns their due, right? Let's give them their 22 points in the first half. They played well. They executed. Kevin Stefanski had a great game plan. Baker was on fire. Let's give them their 22 points. But I'd much rather see that 23 points in the first half, not – you know, the set, the, the three and the seven of the first and second quarter, I, I'd rather see that at the end of the game. You know, when, when it's just, it gives you heart palpitations, wondering if they're going to be able to, you know, make the magic happen. And PM does it again. With that unbelievable throw, Andy Reid did say after the game that he joked that he is getting a little too old. This <laughs> these, these comebacks. Yeah. yeah, I gotta say, Jeff. I know I was watching. You know, I was watching Sports Center's top ten NFL plays and everything. You know, as the week has been progressing here, and I have to say, I I, I disagree with ESPN picking the throw. I think the throw was fantastic. Right, Tyreek makes the great play. Patrick guns it. Like Patrick had a couple of other plays I thought that were actually more like the run. The run number one, the fake, you know, Tony Romo was really on that run. Like he was using all like the Chris Berman beep, boop, you know, all the <laughs> stuff as he was like describing what Patrick was doing on that play. And I got to say to me, that was my favorite Patrick Mahomes play of the game. Um, that and coupled with a couple of the sidearm throws that he would make. Yeah, a to, lot like, of sidearm throws. It's, like, it's, it's crazy. The thing with that 75 yard play, that just all momentum was totally changed the one play, one score, and then on the next play um, that when, when the Browns had the ball, Chris Jones got a sack, and it put, you know, kind of a run-oriented team behind on down and distance, and then they would go three and out, and then they fumbled the, the, the punt. They dropped yeah. the punt, I guess. Uh, so, I mean, right there with those boom, 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 those, that, the, the game was momentum has shifted, and at that point you could tell the Chiefs were going to yeah. win. Yeah, I think I think one of the things for the, from this game, your perspective, as you do look at the box score, and you know you start to think about um, you know how this this game 
you know, really played out for the team. And one of the things that's a little, you know, I, I like to look at the data and the stats for like just little nuggets, right. That tell you about the game. Like let's pretend that we didn't watch the game. I like to look at the statistics and pretend that I didn't watch the game and how this game like played out. And the thing that the Browns did um, that I think the Chiefs didn't do is, and, and it, that worries me. And statistics shouldn't worry you too much because you still have to play the game, right? And, and you, we still have an explosive offense and, and a defense that can make plays when they need to make plays. But when you look at the receiving, the spread out receiving, right? Like Njoku, uh, Landry, Schwartz, Hunt, Hooper, 76 yards, 28 yards, 69 yards, 18 yards. Like Baker Mayfield really spread it out. Five receptions per receiver, three to a back, two to Chubb, right? Three to Kareem Hunt. Like the Chiefs were, let's really, let's, let's be honest here, Jeff. It was, it was the Hill and Kelsey show on, on, the, on the passing front. So that, while it's exciting to see your receiver, you know, God love the fantasy person who drafted Tyreek Hill, 197 yards, all those targets, right? And then, and then Travis, of course, you know, keeping his amazing streak going right as a tight end with 76 yards. But, you know, the next one after that was Clyde, who had 29 yards. And McCole and, and three catches for 19. And then Demarcus Robinson, two catches for nine yards. Like, that, that, that worries me. Like, when you, if, if you didn't watch the game and you just looked at the stats, and same thing in the running game. You know, when you look at the running game, you know, Nick Chubb, 83 yards, Kareem Hunt, 33 yards, Schwartz had that, you know, reverse, a 17-yard run. You know, it was the Clyde Edwards-Alaire show, other than Mahomes, you know, picking up some rushing yards. And it's like, ah, it's like, you know, if you had an injury, if Hill gets hurt or Clyde Edwards-Alaire gets hurt or Travis gets hurt, like, what happens to this team if, you know, if you don't have things spreading around like that? So, you know, I always encourage fans to pretend you didn't watch the game and go look at the box score and see what the box score tells you about the game. Yeah. They'll, they'll definitely need better balance going forward for sure. Well, all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props and contests bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Well, Joe, everyone was talking about that 75-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes to Hill. You mentioned how Center was their uh, top highlight. You know, Mahomes talking about it after the game um, was saying that he actually just saw um, Tyreek Hill's fingers, but he still just let it loose because he has that much trust in him uh, and, and he knows he's so good at tracking the ball. But there's, a, there's another passing play I think we need to talk about because it's um, it probably reminded a lot of viewers here of Joe Valerio. And it was on the goal line in the second quarter the Chiefs tried to pass it to Mike Remmers in the slot. Uh, Joe, why'd they have him line up in the slot and not on the edge? 
Well, you know, look, when, when, you, when, you bring a, when you bring a big heavy front in like that, we used to call it tank formation, right, with the extra lineman, right? And that's what I, I was like the tank tight end, right? So I would come in, and that was our formation. And I did that same exact uh, positioning once in a game. I lined up at slot, and I actually went in motion. So whew, picture that. Picture me actually going in motion, <laughs> which was, you know, they were, you know, they clocked me on a calendar when I run the 40, right? Slow, and, slow know, motion, Joe? Would you, would it you was slow <laughs> motion. Yeah, no pun intended. Um, but, you know, you, you just got to – you got to give – if you want to run the trick plays and you want to set this stuff up for the season, you, you got to – you do have to give defenses a different look, right? And even though, you know, if you want to use the tank formation and the tackle eligible and you want to get that extra receiver – and make those kind of plays, you just got to mix it up. Because if you just, if, if you just line up your tank tight end, your, your, your offensive line, you know, your eligible receiver every time at one of the end of the line tight end positions, it, eventually it's, it's just not going to work. So you got to mix it up, right? You got to allow teams to have to practice that now, right? So they're going to have to, you know, whether it's the Ravens or somewhere down the road, somebody's going to have to take a, one of their linemen and on, on the opposing team and, you know, on their scout team and say, okay, you're Mike Remmers. You put a yellow jersey on. We're going to line you up in the slot. We're going to put you here. And you're wasting, you know, you're wasting practice time of somebody else's, you know, defense. So um, I think that's why Andy and Eric, you know, do those kinds of things. And it just gives them that, that extra added little dimension. So when Travis Kelsey lines up in that spot, or if Remmers lines up there again, they're going to either have to pay attention to him and maybe not cover a tight end or not cover a receiver who's out in a slot position or not cover a running back who comes out of the backfield. So it's just a way, you know, it's a way to just give, give opposing defenses different looks. Right. And, 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 and to try to make the game fun for the players. I, I think, you know, to just be honest, I think it was a probably a fun thing for the chiefs to do during the week. Um, not that, you know, it's about fun and not winning, but you know, you do want to keep players engaged and you want to keep guys like Mike Remmers, who's a longtime starter, a Super Bowl player. You know, you want to keep him engaged in the offense. You want to keep him, keep him motivated. So, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons why Andy and Eric would throw Mike in at that position. And, hey, listen, it almost worked. And, and now other teams are going to have to, to game plan for it. Joe, what game was it that you went in motion and then into the slot? And, and what was the result of that play? Um, we were trying to draw a team off. We were trying to draw them off sides. Uh-huh. So, so what we did is, is I, I lined up and then I got out of my stance quickly to back up. So we actually didn't run a play and it was against the chargers. Um, and I believe it was 94. It was Joe's last year. Um, and so we didn't actually run a play. We, we ended up, I think, I believe we ended up kicking a field goal. Did they so jump we, off, they didn't jump yeah, off. We did. We 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 didn't get we didn't get them uh, didn't get them to jump, but you know it was worth it was worth a try, you know it was, it was worth a try because you know I was lined up in that position I backed up real quickly, you know went in motion and you know it was like they they were trying to see you know give a hard snap count to see if we get the team to jump just to give them a different look and kind of throw them off a little bit like what's this big fat guy doing you know lining up in the backfield so so yeah it was uh it was it was a way to try to draw them draw them off sides so we, we actually didn't didn't end up running the play and so you know speaking of tight ends and 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 different formations jeff i gotta say they chiefs did what we talked about right they played a lot of tight end sets double tight ends i mean i was looking at the uh you know our our good friend uh um matt derrick i believe posted on on twitter he posted a lot of the uh, snap counts and, and if anybody who follows Matt, you know, you should always take a look at that 
um, follow him on Twitter. He posts the number of plays that, that all the players play. And I look at that as soon as the game's over. I'd love to see, um, you know, so obviously, you know, Travis played 85% of the plays, right? He played 55 offensive snaps out of 65. Um, and uh, Bell played 19, which was 29%. And Noah Gray played seven, right, As, and with 11, 11% of, of the offensive snaps. So really nice, uh, you know, addition to the offense is having those three tight ends um, and being able to play them, um, you know, being able to play them uh, in, in those specific situations. So, you know, Noah Gray obviously played like almost half the special team snaps. So he's going to be he's going to be a fantastic addition to the team. And, and I just think it's always telling when you look at those those snaps, um, you know, you know, I was really really surprised Byron Byron Pringle only played 11 snaps I mean 17 percent so he played you know just almost as many snaps as Noah Gray and less than Bell so you know just interesting stuff you know statistics and, and the data can tell you really interesting things about how the game plays out or and and what the and what the coaches are thinking from a game, game plan perspective great points Joe and yeah that and it is interesting how much they did use the tight ends now back to that Remmers play for one last thing, though. You know, it makes you make a good point that they want to obviously give the defense more looks and stuff. But it seems to me that if you have the big guy kind of right in the middle, like he's just easier to cover. Where if you had him on the end of the formation as an eligible receiver, uh, they're right at stacked at the end like an extra tight end. It might be a little bit more successful. Is that is that wrong? Or what are you? Um, well, I think I think too. For this particular game, when the first time you run a play like that, a trick play, first of all, I think you're, I, th I think it's like reverse psychology too. Like you know, Andy and Eric are saying, there's no way. Like he, they're think they're putting themselves in the defensive coordinator of of the Browns and saying, there's no, or, or even the defensive players themselves, mm -hmm. there's no way they're gonna like shovel past the ball to this guy. Like who would do that? Like you're almost <laughs> playing like a reverse psychology game, right? Like who would do that? Who would put a 300 plus pound lineman at slot and do a shovel pass like on the goal line? Like who, <laughs> who does that, right? So I think that probably had a little bit to do with it too, you know, from an element of a su of surprise perspective, right? To say, let's take a shot and see if they're like, almost laugh it off, mm -hmm. right? And and don't even pay attention to it and think, well, they're they're certainly going to run the ball, you know, off tackle or something with the extra guy in there at the slot, you know, the way that they used to use, you know, refrigerator Perry sometimes, right? And make them a blocking back or or a running back in the backfield. So I, I think it's just a it's a little bit of deception and it's a little bit of trickery that, you know, is going to get players thinking. And in this particular case, could have been a little bit of reverse psychology. You know, I guess that's a good point with him. You know, if they lined a uh, lineman up in the slot again, maybe that guy, if it's Remmers, whoever it is, is, is the blo blocker and they have to watch out for the pass. And he could be a devastating blocker to free up, you know, the receiver, the tight end on the, on the end there. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. Apparently he's going to try out for Pal Gasol's team. He's been taking a new product and he owes the credit to Balance 7. Balance 7 is a pH balancing alkaline supplement drink. It's like vitamins or supplements in liquid form. Just one ounce a day, three times a day, and in a week you'll see the effects. Because we all know it gets tougher the older you get, whether you're a uh, a pro like Joe or a schmo like me. And you can see how Balance 7 has helped. And right now, if you go to balance7.com and use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, 
you'll get $10 off their 32 ounce bottle. The bottle lasts 11 days, which is the perfect amount of time to feel pH balancing drink go to work. Again, that's balance7.com and use the code BLEAV at checkout. I did. If it worked for him, it can also work for you too. Uh, Joe, on to the Ravens on Sunday night football. It'll be a fun game here. You know, before the season, probably a lot of people, which of course is only a week all the season, but you know, this would be kind of a match of AF, AFC supremacy, excuse me, AFC supremacy. But the Ravens, nobody has been devastated by injuries like they have. And I can't remember actually a, a team heading into week one that had so many running back injuries they lost. Uh, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and Justice Hill for the season. And watching him on Monday Night Football, Lamar Jackson looked out of sync, two turnovers. I actually don't – I think the Chiefs win this by a couple touchdowns. I just think the the Ravens have such a good culture and such, uh, such good coaching staff, many of whom, like John Harbaugh, coached under Reed. I just don't think they quite have the healthy talent this year. No, I, I agree. I agree, Jeff. I mean, obviously, you know, Sammy Watkins is going to come out ferocious, right? And, and and every player who leaves a team, good terms or bad terms, you know, they're going to want to come back, come out and do some things. So he's going to he's going to have a little extra hitch in his giddy up there. And Justin um, Houston too, who actually had a couple yeah. of nice plays against the the Raiders. Yeah. So I, I think you know, I think it's um, I, I I do I agree with you though. I, I don't think this is going to be. Uh, a, 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 t- a too tough of a game for the Chiefs, other than that they have to go on the road. Um, I don't think they're going to see the kind of running game other than, you know, Lamar Jackson sort of running around and doing his thing, which, you know, he's, he's still, he's amazing. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think we're going to see, he's going to be more of, of the threat um, than, than anything else. And, and I just don't, but, but he's not a, he's not a, he's a game make a playmaker but he's not like a game changer as it relates to what like a um you know what a nick chubb can do or or you know what what a derrick henry can do to just mash a game away and the next thing you know it's the third quarter and you're like wait we didn't have the ball yet you know what i mean like that's what i don't think lamar can do he's not going to provide those sustained long drives as a runner the way you do when you have a really healthy multiple stable backfield and and I think that's you know right now that's kind of the Chiefs one of their you know one of their biggest weaknesses so depending on you know if Terran Matthews back and and what they do to sort of solidify the run um so you know it it, it I, you're right I don't think it's going to be maybe the game we may have thought it would would have been based on some of the injuries because up and down their roster I mean it's just gosh I mean Rashad Bateman, you know, their tight end, one of their tight ends is hurt. I, you, you talked about J.K. Robbins. I mean, they just, they're just hurting, right? I mean, they're, another former chief who's one of their best players, Marcus Peters, is, yeah. was out for the year too with a knee injury. Exactly. Tyre, uh, Tyre Phillips was originally slated to start at left guard. He's out for the year. So, or at yeah. least he's on IR. So, you know, it's like, um, it's, it's, you know, it's just going to be one of those games. That the biggest thing for the Chiefs is, it's a night game. It's going to be in Baltimore. You know, it's, it's, you know, the, the Ravens are coming off this really bitter loss against the Raiders. Um, and the chiefs have to travel East. 
those are the things that they kind of have going against them. I don't, I think it's all intangibles that are going against them rather than the tangibles of the actual players totally. and, and, and the matchups. I think it's all those intangible things. Can they, you know, can they keep the momentum going off of a tough loss? I mean, a tough, uh, you know, a tough, a tough win, I should say a tough loss for the Browns. Can they keep, you know, can the Ravens build on, you know, the anger that they picked, you know, losing that game to the Raiders who, you know, Jeff, you and I were texting. Raiders didn't look that good. I mean, they won the game and they they pulled it out. But I mean, if you heard John Gruden, he's like, I feel like a cat because I feel yeah. like I died nine times and came back to life. And it just wasn't – while it was a great game to watch, if you're a fan of football, no matter whether you like the Raiders, like the Ravens, hate either of the teams, they're your mortal enemies, whatever, it still was a great <laughs> football game to watch because it was fun. Fun. And, and, especially and, early on, the Raiders looked out of sync, and they were still yeah. in the game. Again, yeah, it wasn't what a great game. Joe, from I that think perspective, you made a great point that, uh, yeah, that you know the the Chiefs certainly on paper have the talent. What what does give me some pause is I think a lot of times NFL games do come down well, within reason. You know, if you have uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Chiefs, it, it's the talent disparity is so strong it won't matter, but. For all, for a lot of the games, it really comes down to who needs it most and who wants it most. And I, I think the, the the Ravens look are a great franchise with a winning culture, great coaching staff, and they're they're like a wounded animal right now. And they're, they're backs are against the wall as I'm throwing out all these metaphors. But they, uh, but then uh, I, I mean, I think like they you go zero and two in the NFL, and all the stats show how you're basically your chances for the playoffs are pretty slim. It might be a little different with 17 games, but, but still this is, I mean, this is the Ravens need this game. That's the one thing that scares me a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's, you know, they're, they're going to be, you know, their backs are against the wall. I know we're only one game into a 17 game season, but you know, their backs are, are definitely, definitely against the wall. Um, You know, I just, you know, when your quarterback is your leading rusher, it just, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't send me the best message um, for, for, for being able to sustain a game against a powerful offense like the Chiefs. Now, you know, the Ravens could have easily won that game as much as they lost it. Um, you know, I thought a couple, you know, a couple little things here, here or there. Um, but, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're, when your quarterback, you know, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well, I think, um, you know, and, 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 you know, his, his QBR was okay. Got sacked three times. Didn't really throw the ball far down the field. His average pass per, per throw was uh, per catch was 7.8, you know, yards per pass. So it's not like there's any real deep threat there. Um, you know, while he did rack up, you know, 235 yards, you know, they threw the ball 30 times. So, you know, it, it just, um, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think you will look, you can, I'm going to go back to my Marty Schottenheimer hat. You never, you can't throw your helmet out there and think you're going to win ever because this is an NFL team that has, has, has some championship DNA. Uh, we're going to use that term for the first time this season. Um, so, you know, and Andy never underprepares, right. Um, we know that, but you know, at the same time, I'm feeling pretty darn good about I'm feeling pretty darn good about the Chiefs, you know, winning this game, like you said, pretty handily. And we'll we'll have a little bit more to preview on this uh, Ravens game on Sunday night. But first, 
our pod is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick and challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. And Joe, boy, I really took it on the head here. These college <laughs> games killed me. The Iowa over Iowa State, uh, USC over Stanford, which – I got my uncle, who's a regular listener to the show, to join. He's a Stanford alum, and he even picked USC. So that makes me feel a little bit better. And then, of course, Ohio State losing to Oregon. So I am in the 80th place. Whoever is listening out there, please join, because at least you're going to be higher than I am. <laughs> it is pick <laughs> Yeah, get in, get into that Believe Football Pick'em. It's it's fun. You know, it's fun. We've got some really fun competition going among our um, – you know, all of our, uh, our podcast partners and, uh, you know, Hey, listen, I'm in, I'm in eighth place, uh, tied for eighth with a bunch of folks. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was really excited. I was really excited to be a part of this. I, I love it. I, I, I love Iowa. I was pulling for, for Dane and used. I, I just, you know, I, I've, I've been to an Iowa football game and, and I just, you know, have some, some friends. I don't have a big connection to Iowa state. So I was pulling for Iowa. Um, I did go, uh, with Stanford to cover. And, and I was happy with that one. Um, you know, the Seahawks, I, you know, I, I just felt like just all the stuff that was going on with Carson Wentz, I was good there. I didn't do well on the bills game. I know that. Yeah. That was um, a big surprise. Me too. And uh, I didn't get any points there. Um, and I missed the chiefs game. I thought the chiefs were going to, I thought they were going to win by more than I thought they were going to cover the spread. So, and I had the Rams. So I, I feel good. I feel good about it. It's fun. So everybody join in. It's a lot of fun. It plays a pretty solid showing for sure. Yeah. Um, it's a great, it's a great venue. So everybody jump in. It's really fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, back to, back to the Ravens game here, Joe, I'm interested to see, you know, their offensive line against the Raiders who the Raiders had a very bad uh, defense last year. And one of the biggest problems was their lack of a pass rush. Um, they, they got to Lamar Jackson without a lot of pressure. And Alejandro Villanueva, who is actually a new acquisition, took over for uh, Orlando, where Orlando Brown mm-hmm. at, at right tackle really struggled. I think for me, that's an interesting part to watch is how will the Ravens' offense line hold up against the Chiefs? defense particularly Chris Jones who looks so good in week one and especially a little bit of drama or, or a little bit of intrigue I should say with Orlando Brown having you know been traded from the Ravens to the Chiefs Joe what what positions are, are you looking for and give us a prediction here well I think you know with Tyre Phillips also going on IR you know that doesn't help the Ravens cause either up front so you know even God, week one I mean you look at the Chiefs line they got all 65 plays together um, and I thought they did a really nice job of providing a really solid pocket for, um, for Patrick. So I, I, you know, we, I know we've been talking a lot about the Chiefs offensive line. 
um, and the chemistry is going to happen there. I thought it was a great first showing and a resilient effort by that front five uh, against a really solid defense, man. I mean, the Browns defensive front is rough. And, and I thought it was a really solid showing, um, giving Patrick the opportunity to create his own little pocket within the pocket, right? We talk about that all the time. I thought they did a great job on the outside, uh, both Orlando and Lucas, of, you know, giving, uh, giving uh, you know, Patrick a chance to step up and, to, and riding those quick defensive ends around. Um, and, and I thought they were pretty solid up front. I think they, they're, they're finding their way with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I, I just thought it was a really solid showing, knock on wood, everybody came out healthy, and, and I think they're only going to build from here, and I think they've really established themselves as the front five going into week in and week out, right? Like, I don't think there's going to be any tweaking needed at this group. Like, no one had a game that was like, oh, my God, why is that rookie starting? You know, I thought they were solid. You know, the snaps were good. Uh, coming to Patrick from the left-handed, you know, center from, you know, from, from Humphrey. So I, I just, you know, I just think it, I think they did well. So flipping it on the other side, we got to get Frank back. I mean, that, that hurt us. You know, I, I think we've talked about this a lot. You know, when I go back to, to, the, to the players that I know, and I go back to the days of, you know, the nineties with the Neil Smith, Derek Thomas combo on the outside, being from Philadelphia, if anybody, you know, I, I was always a big fan of the Clyde Simmons, Reggie White, you know, like who do you slide the protection to, you know? And in this particular case, I think it, it, it allowed the Browns to, to do more protection over to Chris Jones, knowing that Frank wasn't going to be on the other side. So I think if Frank Clark gets back and gets his hamstring healthy, I think they can wreak havoc. Uh, you know, on this, on this group. And, and I think make, make Lamar run, not just make, not just natural running plays for him, but make him sort of run for his life to try to protect himself. Um, if they can get that right. Uh, good analysis there, Joe. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, the office line, because that's something we're going to, you know, that's the biggest storyline of the chiefs. And given uh, your experience as an NFL officer lineman, that's something we're going to monitor each week. So if you had a grade, what grade would you have given the Chiefs offensive line in week one? I would get – well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do like two factors. I'm, I'm not just going to say their performance flat out because mm -hmm. I think I'm going to give them like – remember when we were – you know, if you're of a certain age, when you were in elementary school, you got two grades. You got one for effort and one for achievement. And I don't know if anybody remembers that. I'm, I'm old school, right? I'm – you know, in my 50s. So when I was in elementary school back in the day, our, our elementary school used to give you two grades. They give you an achievement grade and they give you an effort grade. And, and I, for the listeners out there, just to clarify, this was elementary school. Penn had a very different system. for yeah, 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 There were no effort-based grades there. For no effort-based no effort grades after elementary school. But um, I would give them, I would give them for effort. And, and, and what I'm going to put in the effort bucket is the situation, the fact that there's three rookies, two new players, okay, five new starters, okay, from that perspective, I'm going to give them an A. Because when you throw in all, and I'm going to use this word again, intangibles, when you throw in all the intangibles of getting five new players together without a real, come on, let's, let's, call, let's, let's call it like it is. Preseason's not preseason anymore. And I know I keep beating that drum. Given the fact that preseason is what it is, they're limiting the number of preseason games. Given all that and throwing that group together, I, I, I got to give them an A. I have to give them an A. Now, that would be the effort grade. 
right? Given all those intangibles. I think from a purely objective spot, I probably would give them a B plus, right? I just wouldn't quite give them that A that they needed. Um, I think Patrick was, had to jump up in the pocket a little bit too much at times. Um, thank goodness that the, the, the protection was pretty solid in the middle um, to keep, you know, to keep his passing lanes open. Um, I think from a running game perspective, a need to see a little more finish from them on, on their running plays, a little more chemistry on the zone blocking um, where they're working together to combo, you know, and get up to the next level. So I, I would give them a, a B plus for, for the, for the achievement of what they did purely objective. Forget about the fact that there was three rookies and two new players. I still think it was a super solid performance for game one, given, you know, given the, the, the way the preseason rolls these days. Well, to wrap up, Joe, uh, give us kind of a score prediction uh, for the Chiefs Ravens. All right, let's step away from the Browns and get back to the Ravens. Sunday night, prime time. You know, a uh, couple of really interesting storylines, right, with some players who flip-flop from teams, the threat of Lamar Jackson and his incredible athletic ability. I'm going to go – I think the Chiefs are going to score more points this week than they scored last week. I'm going to go with more of a 38 for the Chiefs, and I think it's going to be 21 for the Ravens. I think they're going to score – you know me, I'm always big in the – you know, like they're going to score that 21st point somewhere towards the end of the game as they're trying to come back and, you know, you know, want the Chiefs to take their foot off the gas. But sometimes that happens. But I, I say I say it's like a 38, uh, you know, 38 to, to 21. That's that's my goal. Chiefs come out of there, you know, healthy and come out with a nice big win and maybe even get some backups in there towards the end of the game if they can bust out a lead, in, you know, in the fourth quarter. I'm going about the same margin, a little bit lower scoring, like a 32-17 win for the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a couple touchdown margin. I just, um, I, I just think that the Ravens always a tough opponent. Just they're so uh, beaten down uh, with injury. Yeah, yeah they really are. There. Well, if you enjoyed the show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.